1: Welcome to episode 345 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a serial entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience around end user computing. He has worked in and around the most progressive and challenging deployments in the world. And most recently, he founded Remotely Inc., the world's first hyper-converged console. He is leveraging his experience in the digital workspace and end-user computing space to help enterprise companies contend with the daily security risks they face with remote and hybrid end-users. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Tyler Rohrer.
0: Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So Tyler, I've got to ask you straight away, really, um, about Remotely Inc. and, and how that came about.
0: Well it's uh it's an interesting story. I mean I think from my perspective for a long long time a number of us have felt that you know, waiting in bumper-to-bumper traffic and climbing into cubicles and going up you know, elevators to high-rises maybe wasn't the future of work. And then suddenly we all got our wish. Uh, and so remotely really was born out of that reality that you know, a billion of us suddenly got our wish granted overnight and were scattered to the far corners of the earth to hopefully do the same jobs uh, we were doing productively and safely. Unfortunately, that wasn't the reality. So we started remotely.
1: Right. Okay. So obviously, a lot of people, um, when the pandemic hit, everybody starts working from home, there was a huge uptake on things like Zoom and Teams and so forth. So how does remotely fit into that sort of whole world, if you like, of sort of online interaction?
0: yeah it's a uh, it's expanding universe for sure um we're seeing solutions like zoom like these different points of presence different collaboration platforms really take hold what we're also seeing and really where remotely you know picks up the ball is we're seeing an increase in consumption in and across Microsoft Azure. So things like Office 365, Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Defender, Microsoft Endpoint Manager. We're seeing a lot of enterprises really, and mid-sized companies really and organizations of all ilk um, starting to consume more and more of those services. So there's a ton of information about their consumption, their telemetry, and quite frankly, their security posture. We add to that the need to then understand the context of who the user is, where they are, what type of laptop or machine are they working on? Are they on a VPN? Are they on an encrypted network? Is their hard drive locked down? I mean, there's a ton of different security questions that we'd want to know. And so that's really what uh, remotely endeavors to to answer is, you know, from end to end to end, what do you have? What are you consuming? And and based on that, what are some of the, you know, security and support concerns that, that your company should really start thinking about to make you a more productive user? I mean, I think that's what we're really trying to get at. Can I make you as or more productive than when you used to come into the office? And what would I need to answer to get to that point? So it's a a very large uh, market, a very large question, and, and we're having a fun, uh, fun time building the solution out.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, and in terms of the introduction, which I, which we went through at the beginning, so it, it sort of focuses on the enterprise level. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, most of my history has been working with organizations that have anywhere between five thousand and really a hundred thousand and up users, and, and the reason is that. You know we think of scale in kind of one dimension right now, usually just the, the kind of law of large numbers, but there's really kind of two dimensions to scale. The second is just how bound are you by your current resources and what's your ability to scale you know based off of them? And then of course, there's absolute scale. So I actually enjoy both parts of the conversation, both helping organizations do more with less and then obviously solving large problems you know across large scale as well, which is has its own unique challenges, as you might imagine.
1: Indeed, absolutely. Fine. Okay, great. Well, that gives us a good overview. And in terms of your your entrepreneurial background as well. So you've been doing this for quite a while. Can you give us maybe a bit of a flavor of some of the things you have done?
0: Oh, sure. Well, I started in high school. So at the ripe age of 17, um, I started a bicycle rickshaw company that took uh, people around the, the downtown area of a, of a local city to all the pubs and you know, then around to the different parks and whatnot. And it was Quite fun. And then I did a a trolley shuttle bus service at, um, we have these outlet malls here, you know, in the US love to shop. And so we put all of our shops together in these places called malls. And so I had a shuttle service that went to all the doors of all the stores. Um, then I became a stockbroker. Then after that, I got into IT, and after that, I got into the world of virtualization, and was so fortunate to be part of a company that got acquired by VMware. They're in the news lately, um, and so that really was kind of the first purview, really, into the the world of enterprise and, and super large hyperscale, you know, computing. Um, started a couple of companies since then, but it's really been a, an incredible arc, you know, that's that spanned a, a bunch of different bunch of different domains. Bunch of different mistakes made along the way as well,
1: <laughs> right? Well, hopefully, we'll learn from a few of those during our right. discussion. So, right. <laughs> it's a good point to start, actually. So, so, Tyler, can you maybe give us a career tip? One that the audience may not be aware of, and perhaps should be.
0: Gosh, I guess my tip would probably be more than anything: trust yourself. You know, after doing this for thirty years and hearing a lot of really, really good advice, and quite frankly, having to put up with a lot of bad advice, um, I think the the Core foundational element that I always go back to is to trust yourself, trust your instincts, trust your training, trust your lessons learned. I mean, no one knows the four corners of your world better than you do, um, and so who better the, to to map it out than you? Um, I think, to me, that has really been um, a powerful notion to to bring into any meeting, any setting, whether it's working with investors or you know development teams, you know, to to really have that intrinsic sense of trust that your vision is uh, is the right one, and you know. Uh, what other vision are you going to follow, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And part of that sort of trust in yourself is, is believing in your ability and your, and your capability as well, isn't
0: it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, we all, you know, we, we want to believe that we excel in certain areas, and then we obviously have our own self-doubts. And I think, you know, having the confidence to uh, to bring your best self to every conversation really goes a long way. And, you know, quite frankly, this is another sidebar part of the conversation with remote work the politics of work have changed. You know, you're not yourself, you're not in your fancy suit or your fancy car in the parking lot. You know, now your work product, either what you consume or or, um, create, you know, counts a lot more. So it's a it's a very interesting, brave new world that we all find ourselves in. And I think really having that sense of confidence goes a long, long way, no matter what your uh, your pursuit is.
1: I think that's a good point. That's probably one we could have a longer discussion about. But For I sure. <laughs> I don't think we've got time. That could that could take up a whole episode. Episode four hundred. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: We'll put it in the books now. Perfect.
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> right. Um, so, Tiny, can you tell us about your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience?
0: Oof, well, I mean, in thinking about um, actually this question, there were two ways I was thinking about answering. First would be um, just the pure, uh, I guess, advice I would give anyone who's listening to avoid bad bosses. Bad bosses drain your energy. This is the highlight of your career, typically, where you have high energy, high creativity, um, and I wouldn't lose a, a moment of that to a bad boss. But for me personally, my, my worst moment was in Gosh, I guess it was two software startups ago. We had rolled out, uh, or planned to roll out, 500 um, seats of of our software, and someone got a bit rambunctious and rolled out 20,000 seats—literally a seat of software to every single human on their network—and turned it all on on a Saturday. You know, so we're all, you know, relaxing, thinking we got a nice $500 seat or 500 seat deployment out in the books. And all of a sudden, we get these panic calls from the network engineers that they were under attack, that 20,000 agents were phoning home. And we try to tell them we had to you know, turn the software up louder. And, of course, that was the absolute last thing they wanted to do. Needless to say, you know, getting egg on your face, um, you know, admitting that it was your fault. And then I will tell you this, I've never had software do that since that time. Um, you know, sometimes <laughs> the, the lessons learned are uh, are sometimes the most painful, but they're certainly the most memorable. So, um, you know, I, I think I've uh, oftentimes been accused of biting off more than I can chew, eh, but you usually can chew
1: it. Right, okay. And in terms of what you took away from that, um, what do you do differently?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from from my perspective as an entrepreneur, you, you've got to put boundaries along and around some of your, your ideas. And the reason is, You know, a lot of I think the failure of entrepreneurs, at least from what I've seen, is the belief that, you know, if they were successful once, whatever they touch the next time will be successful again. It's certainly just not the case. I mean, not I've found it. To be the case, I've had certainly a long list of failures and uh, bad investments along the way, but but you you know in learning from that, um, the ability to say okay, well, how do I prevent that from happening again? Well, let me put some rules around what I will and won't do. You know, so now you know from from when I develop software and software for large companies, there are certain quality assurance or you know service um, gates that we certainly and must go through, or else the software doesn't get released. So I guess i have a long-winded way of saying. I take less chances now. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs will find as the stakeholders and, and um, constituents get larger, your ability and your reason for taking risks should probably decrease. So um, it's been a, a fun lesson to learn as I've gotten a bit grayer over the years.
1: <laughs> yes. And of course, that that's experience, isn't it? You you determine what those those boundaries and limits are, presumably, yeah. uh, through your experience. And therefore, it reshapes that model on a continuous Basis, so that every time something new comes up, you can evaluate it within that that framework.
0: Absolutely, no. I've learned as much from the the, the good ideas as the the poor ones. I mean, and by the way, all not not all ideas are good. <laughs> I've learned that as well. No,
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Good. Okay, so maybe something a little, little bit more positive. Can you tell us about your career highlight to date?
0: Oh gosh, yeah the um, the kind of two career highlights that jumped out in my mind are, are really quite. Uh, and somewhat related, which was, you know, I, I was very fortunate, um, you know, about 15 years ago to be part of an organization that made a, a, an investment and a bet, really, in a technology um, which grew into something quite substantial, and, and that happened to be VMware. And so, for me, you know, the um, the ability to go from, you know, four guys in a garage, you know, with an empty box of pizza and a dog named Boo, to getting acquired by, you know, VMware was was quite, uh, you know, an arc from a career perspective. And, you know, as much as that commercial success, you know, felt good, what really was, um, I think the highlight for me was about a year later uh, at a conference in San Francisco, uh, I was on a panel of young innovators, young entrepreneurs, and in the front row was Michael Dell. Not a Michael Dell, the Michael Dell. And the really the terrifying thing was that he put his phone down and started paying attention. And so for me, the highlight was doing an hour long presentation, you know, coming off the stage and, and having, you know, Michael Dell walk up, shake my hand and say, it's really interesting what you're doing. And, you know, certainly I think 15 years later, it's given me a, a lot of gas in the tank to uh, continue to try to build interesting things. So yeah, I think it's, uh, you never underestimate what a, what a en- encouraging word from a mentor or from a tech luminary can do for a tech career, you know, and, and that can happen at all scales, you know, really just even somebody standing out in your own organization and recognizing you sometimes is all you need, you know, to slingshot forward or to take that risk or, you know, put forward that next idea. So that's uh, it was quite a highlight. Still makes me smile.
1: That's, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I presume from that you would advise people to make the effort to put themselves out there so they can be seen and they can be recognized. I think so.
0: Right. I mean, if you're if you're confident in the value that you're bringing forward into the conversation, whatever the domain and whatever that conversation might be, um, and then others respond to it, you know, reflecting and recognizing that value, then, you know, be unafraid to, to go, uh, you know, up the food chain, so to speak. You know, quite frankly, the, the takeaway from that was I actually got a friend request on LinkedIn from Michael Dell. I thought it was a joke, and I accepted it. Um, you know, and never underestimate how you know magic can be right around the corner. I, I used to hear that the deal of a lifetime or the opportunity of a lifetime happens about every 60 days if you're actually looking for it. So I always thought that was neat. You know, if you actually are are out there endeavoring to you know push the limits, um, it'll happen. Might might be once or twice. You know, a year yes. it might be once a quarter, but it happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, Tyler, can you tell us what excites you about the IT industry and careers in IT?
0: For me, it's kind of the unbounded nature of of what it is that we do. I've, um, I guess, growing up, I was always prone to obsession. I loved becoming an expert in different domains, and so one of the the categories that that really piqued my fancy was theoretical physics, and then of course mathematics. And what I love about IT, you know, is we really play in that art, you know, of um, of thinking about what, what would be possible, what could be possible, um, what would we need to build to make that, you know, possibility come to light. And then obviously what kinds of teams and capital and and moving parts are existing currently that allow me to kind of, you know, make that notion a somewhat reality and then trying to bridge that gap. So for me, it's that notion of, you know, the unbound nature of IT, you know, whether it is solving complex problems inside of an organization, helping them maybe with remote workers, maybe with more cloud adoption, maybe with, you know, more security. Um, we're hearing a lot about, you know, the blockchain and some of these, um, you know, different new technologies in Web 3.0, uh, you know, that are coming to pass. I, I would say that that just is so exciting. And and really, you know, for anyone that, you know, is interested in a career in IT, that unbound nature of how many different directions you can go has, has got to be enticing.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Good. Okay. And and Tyler, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Ah, I sure am. Okay. So what first attracted you to a career in IT?
0: I love tinkering with stuff and breaking it. Um, fixing a computer after I broke it and getting it back to stability was almost as cool as mowing the lawn. So I guess I liked broken things and making them better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. And what is the best career advice you've ever received?
0: Take chances. I, um, I had someone else, you know, tell me early on in my career, you know, what else are you going to do? <laughs> so take chances is, uh, is a great piece of advice that I follow daily.
1: And what is the worst career advice you've ever received?
0: gosh, I guess it would have to be the antithesis of that, which is, you know, follow the rules. I think that um, I've often found to be fearful when other people are greedy, be greedy when they're fearful. So um, following the rules usually is not good advice. And um, by the way, if you find yourself in detention, um, that wasn't me. Uh, That was somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do?
0: Well, Interestingly enough, you know, my my career started in the world of w- what we will call client server computing, where you had a server that that lived somewhere and then a client that connected to it. I actually think today um, the API um, is the new, you know, frontier. So learning how to program, um, you know, in and across different APIs, specifically cloud technology, hyperscaler APIs, I think the future is hyper and super interconnected, Um cars and robots are going to talk to software and the enterprise in ways that we've never even thought about. So um, again, very unbounded and uh, very exciting.
1: Yeah, I think that's good advice. I think right. yes, you're right, very much. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on?
0: Ah, Well, my, my hope is at some point to take a lot of these lessons learned, both good uh, decisions and then the, the poor ones, and maybe even some of the poor ones I've made more than once, and to distill them into what I will loosely call a book. So um, whether it's a work of fiction, or whether it's a, an entrepreneur's um, guide to the universe, I, I have a, an objective to, you know, when I do kind of wrap it up commercially to, to take all of these, uh, you know, good and bad pieces of advice, and at least try to put them down on paper, um, whether someone will read them, you know, to be determined, I guess, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
0: Boy, I I think endurance. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but um, I I don't give up very easily. I'm a tenacious little rascal. Uh, I'm not sure if that was something that you're born with or something that you learn over time. But tenacity, you know, I've actually heard myself described in um, the third person, as well, yeah, you're, you're very tenacious. you never ever give up, you just keep going. And you know it, um, it, it makes me smile when I hear that because it's actually a quality that I, I find quite enduring and something that I would you know share and encourage all of your listeners to to, uh, to think about as well. I, I heard it said once that anytime you're about to quit, you usually have about 20% percent more in the tank. You can give 20% more before you really should quit. Um, I always thought that was brilliant advice because I always kind of said, okay, well, I've got at least 15 percent more even when I feel like absolutely quitting and and I think not quitting and staying in the game, no matter what the game is that you're uh, engaged in, makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, it's when you self-select yourself out that you're right, (laughs) you're done. But um, if you stay in the game and stay in the conversation and I think keep learning, stay curious. um, Those are some of the best uh, summations of that advice, I think.
1: They are. Yes. And what do you do to keep your own career energized?
0: Well. I, I'm somewhat technical, so I try to kind of mirror my, my technical interests with, I'm going to call it sports. So um most recently, I got interested in building race car engines. And so I took up this crazy sport called rally racing, where we build uh, real cars and drive them real fast on real roads and then crash them uh, and then build them back <laughs> again. So uh, I taught myself how to build engines. And so it's fun, uh, you know, sometimes you'll catch yourself thinking a little bit about work while you're working and in, in building an engine. And sometimes it's the furthest thing from your mind, which uh, I, both are equally as fun, I think for me. So um, that plus I chase a little white golf ball around from time to time uh, and that never goes yep. well either.
1: Okay, well, that leads into the next question. I was going to ask you what you do away from technology.
0: Ah, Yeah, well, um, I I love the outdoors. I'm absolutely uh, fascinated by nature. And quite frankly, if I wasn't in kind of technology and software, I'm fascinated by the field of uh, biomimicry, which is using, you know, patterns and um, reveals in nature to create, you know, really interesting materials or or um, substances or fabrics. A lot of stuff um, there. So I love being out in nature. You know, I have uh, a 13 year old uh, bird dog, and so uh, he follows me around and listens to my stories and believes about half of them. Uh, he's sitting here next to me taking a, a well deserved nap. But um, no, <laughs> I, I love being outside. So uh, anything hunting, fishing uh, keeps me smiling.
1: Yeah, good. And Tyler, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, ask for help, Um, you know, with all the talk that I I share about confidence and all of the the talk about, you know, putting your best self forward and, you know, learning, um, it always is a smart idea to, to put your hand up and ask for help. I've been nothing less than than surprised and shocked by how many, you know, folks that are Mentors or peers that I used to look up to or still look up to, um, with just a simple, you know, inquiry, we're willing to help in incredible ways. And that's making introductions, whether it's to new customers, new prospects, new job um, opportunities, investors. Um, you know, really using that network. I mean, you put all this time, energy, and effort into, you know, creating a good name for yourself. Um, you know, use it. I think that is uh, advice that I, I would have used earlier in my career. I think I waited far too long before I started asking for help.
1: <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, can you share with us how we can find out more about you and connect with you?
0: Yeah. So um, I'm uh, available on LinkedIn, um, J Tyler Roar, R-O-H-R-E-R. And then um, through the work I'm doing currently, it's www.remotelyrmm.com. And uh, you'll find out about uh, how we're trying to converge the worlds of Cloud visibility, endpoint visibility, and, you know, help up to those 1 billion people that are, are out there that need uh, security and support so we can do our jobs productively. And and by all means, anyone who has, um, you know, career interest or career advice, career questions, you know, I love that type of interaction. And again, I would invite you to, you know, reach up or reach across, you know, to either myself um, or to introductions to maybe other people in my network. I think, I'm not sure why, but I think I've got about 8,000 friends on LinkedIn right now. And so I'm happy to, uh, <laughs> to make any any introduction that that might help anyone out there and, um, you know, after you pay it forward as well.
1: Great. Thank you. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
0: It's been great chatting with you too, Phil.
1: Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks
0: for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.